0: Of the Forksdown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who is an expert on NDAs, Mr. and Bo. How are you doing today? <laughs>
1: um <laughs> Wow. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing uh, I'm doing very, very good today. Keeping you quiet. How how are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Um, Winter Classic is on currently. We're shooting eh, afternoonish Monday. Um Winter Classic is on, cracking her up. One nothing. I'm loving it. I kind of wish you were at T-Mobile Park right now. The the park looks insane right now. It's beautiful.
1: I'm I'm sure it does. It's a little it's a little uh I don't I think it's like maybe with like high 40s, 50s out there somewhere, but uh yeah, I'm sure it looks great and a good way to kick off the uh the new year. So very exciting stuff.
0: Hey, hey trivia question time. You know, we'll throw to our last podcast episode here, Bill. Russ Davis hit the first Mariners home run in. Well, it was safe. Code then T-Mobile in 1999. Who had the first crack and goal in T-Mobile?
1: Oh, I, I, I don't. Vince Dunn.
0: <laughs> you, you were close. You were close. He shot. At the goal, Ellie Tolvanen redirected it, got the goal, Vince Dunn did get an assist. You
1: I was very close.
0: Honestly, you were very close. It was it you know, very close. So good job, Bo. Uh you still suck at trivia and lose, but good job. You won that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Ah, good, good. Before we get into everything, thank you again for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. This is episode number 84. Um, I think I got confused last week and said it was like somewhere in the 90s. We're not there quite yet. We still got a few episodes to go before in the 90s and getting to episode 100. I think Bo and I are probably going to have a, a somewhat fun episode for 100. Um, but, you know, if you've been with us since the start, you know, and you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for choosing us. Um, we see our listens go through the roof every week. They're getting, We're getting more and more listens so thank you for choosing us and and you know we uh are going to try to continue and bring some of the best mariners content on the web to you guys um again we're just two fans sitting on the outside looking in but um you know we try to bring a little bit perspective a little bit of level headedness uh that you don't normally see on other mariners forums so yeah and then if you're first time listener i just said all that stuff thanks for choosing us and hopefully you choose us going forward to uh be your home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, You know, if you haven't already go hit up our social media pages, you can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram and find us on threads by searching Forkstown podcast. You can also hit like, and subscribe on your podcast listening app to get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, You know, since last week was Christmas week, I did take a little hiatus and did not post, but we did post an episode last week. It was our trivia episode. Of course, I'm not going to spoil much, but, um, the person that's really good at trivia ended up winning, so um, there there might have been shenanig- some shenanigans at the end. Um, I, I think it was prime um, Forks Down podcast material, so definitely go ch- you know back and listen to it. Um, I shocked Bo by just making a random guess, so <laughs> um, go back and listen to it. It was a fun episode. Uh, play along, you know, Bo and I. You know, each had to think about the questions we were throwing at each other. So it gives you time really to think about what the answer is, too. So, yeah, go back and listen to that for us and, and, you know, uh, have some fun. And, uh, you know, by the end of the episode, we'll tell you kind of how we're uh, what we're planning on going forward. So. But with all that being said, let's dive into it. There is a transactional note to make for the Mariners. Not a lot had gone on. Um, you know, through Christmas week up until this week, which is new years, but the Mariners finally signed a person they signed catcher slash DH Mitch Garver, who, as we remember was with the Rangers last season, won a world series with the Rangers, uh, two years, help me out here, both $22 million, $24 million. It was 24, uh,
1: 24. Correct. Yep.
0: 24. Yeah. So he's getting 12 million a year um but uh you know he's huh
1: yeah yeah sorry sorry two years 24 million dollars is the full deal there so there you go
0: okay (laughs) yeah i i figured it was that i thought i remember saying 12 million dollars a year when it first came out um but he just got signed to basically spell cal raleigh when needed and probably be the primary dh going forward bo how do you like this signing
1: yeah no I think it uh it fits really well for what the Mariners needed right we've talked all off season about the the DH hole that the Mariners have and have had for a couple seasons now and we've tried this kind of ad hoc I don't know Frankenstein monster patch together guys in the DH spot to try to make something work out of there and it doesn't really seems to do that way like I know Kyle Raleigh you know has had decent spots there but um yeah, it just hasn't, we haven't really had somebody to be a full-time DH and now we have that and it immediately like jumps up the value of that spot. I think just given, um, the offensive upside that Mitch Garber does have, right. I would say that maybe he doesn't have as much power as we might get out of like a sore, a layer, but, um, you're going to get a solid hitter, a guy that doesn't strike out, um, you know, as much as previous guys that we've had on the Mariners, obviously, but, um, uh you know it's going to be a solid hitter i think his projection right now if you're looking on like fan graphs is maybe a little bit lower than what you expect but it's still 115 wrc plus um much better than what we were going to get out of that spot than when it it not existing and it's a really low risk deal right two years um 12 million dollars each year um you know if it goes south next year there's a trade that could happen or you know he's off the team so like Really low risk deal. I really like the upside of um, him batting in the middle of the order. Um, it fits well for, you know, the, the DH bot that we were hoping to fill the entire off season. So what about you? How do you feel about Mitch?
0: I'm kind of so, so on it. I really am. Um, maybe it's not being sold on Mitch Garver um, just because of the injuries. Um, maybe it's the dollar amount. I feel like $12 million a year is a little high for him. Um, but again, kind of the market, the way it's been going, everyone's kind of getting over what they were projected. So, I guess it makes sense. Um, I just wonder how much room that's going to leave for future additions. Um, again, Bo and I are our, our, our episode today is going to be about some trades that he's worked up. We're just kind of doing a little bit of pulse check, but I, I feel like there's going to be some trades. And so, how how much money do they have to work with, and you know, how much are they going to have to throw in and, and to Get the other team to probably eat some of the other deal that they're bringing on. Um, but, you know, all can be forgiving here if Mitch can come out, stay healthy, and, you know, at least slug 20, 25 home runs for the Mariners. Um, I, I did see, oh, well, on the um, baseball subreddit and a couple other Facebook posts that um, Rangers fans are, are um, sad that Mitch is gone. You know, they did like him. Um, you know, even though he was injured, he was coming in and, and playing pretty good baseball when he wasn't. So, um, I, don't know, I, just, I, I just want to see what I, I just want it to play out. I, 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 yeah, I yeah. different, I guess at this point.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, it does feel like maybe we should set our sights a little, maybe a little bit higher than Mitch Garber not to talk, you know, it down a whole lot, but like it's, it's a about the Mariners need. Right. And it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, we were. We were we were so impatient this offseason. Every Mariner fan was impatient this offseason, waiting for something to drop. So it was welcome news that... And there's a little bit of a symbolism with this too, or I don't know, a significance that it seems like the Mariners, there was some thought maybe the Mariners are just going to kind of punt this offseason, right? But like with this signing, I think this solidifies that they're going to try to go after someone, another outfielder, another, you know, I don't know, an infielder maybe essentially at some point this offseason. So like, I think there was that part too, but... um yeah I, I think it's good for what the Mariners didn't have right this fills that definite mm-hmm. hole and now gives us um you know our our it lengthens the lineup a little bit right you can probably put Mitch Garber pretty solidly behind JP Julio and Cal um as like some of our best quality value hitters there so um I think that's good but yeah I do feel like maybe we we should eventually set our sights a little bit higher than Mitch Garber, but I think it's just a, it's a solid hole that we filled with Mitch Garber, which I'm happy with about it, yeah.
0: It, it, I look at it like this. Were the Mariners better now than when they, you know, before they signed him. Yes. And, you know, that's kind of been my whole thing this whole offseason. People have been up in arms. It's like, if they kept that team going into spring training, absolutely. They deserve to be raked over the coals. But, you know, Mitch Garver, hopefully is just the first step into having a better team going into next season. You know, um, we got to see it play out. You know, we we have been very, I don't know, we were kind of up on Colton Long last season, Bo, when uh, they made that trade and, you know, we kind of ended up with pie in our face. So, um, I don't, again, just very indifferent from it. Um, do you have some questions about the payroll afterwards with him getting $12 million, but if he can come in, slug 20 home runs, and hit even a modicum close to 260 or 250, then I'm probably fine with it. So,
1: yeah, no, I'm, well, I'm lockstep there with you, right? Um, adds a bat that it's going to strike out less than you know what Teoscar, what Eugenio did last year, going to get some better quality at bats. So, um, I like that aspect of it all. And, you know, hopefully we're not done.
0: Some other off-season notes as we, uh, you know, again, aren't getting a lot of Mariners transactional notes. Um, the big the big one, the Dodgers just keep, uh, you know, printing money at this point. Uh, they signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, it was very clear in his press conference that regardless of what happened with Shoei, he was likely to sign with the Dodgers. So I think get them getting Shoei very much... Um, didn't help, but is an added bonus for Yamamoto as he gets signed to the, uh, the Dodgers, but, but with that signing, hopefully the market opens up a little more, you know, we're, we're getting the, the big pieces off the table. The, you the Otanis, the Yamamoto's, I mean, I'm sure Cody Bellinger is probably going to get signed in the next, you know, the coming days. Um, but, uh, yeah, we could see some more Mariners moves in the next couple weeks.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you know a couple of the uh, I think in it you know coupled with that the other couple moves we have kind of listed here are um, Red Sox trade Chris Sale to for, to the Braves for Ron Grissom and then Lucas Giolito signs for a lot of money for thirty eight and a half million dollars for two years and I think what you're kind of seeing with like all those different moves it's just like the price of pitching this off season is a little wild right like. Mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito that was that was crazy to me when I heard that that how much money Lucas Giolito was getting um you know, I think it's wild you know Yamamoto there was a lot of teams in on Yadamomo and a lot of things teams I think thought they were going to get Yamamoto and then he ends up just kind of doing the predictable thing and going to the Dodgers but again a lot of money to Yamamoto um Chris Sale, you know, the Von Grissom's a good, good get for the Red Sox for Chris Sale. Um, I think this all just solidifies that the price of pitching this offseason is really high. So like if Blake Snell starts to move, a couple of the other guys start to move, teams are going to get a little, uh, I don't want to say desperate for pitching, but that's kind of where I think there's a potential for the Mariners to move in. So. Like like the price of pitching this offseason has just been crazy, and it's a pretty good spot to be in. I think if you're the Mariners with these guys getting bigger deals, getting you know solid prospects for trade markets value there. So overall, I think it's quality for quality you know stuff for the Mariners looking at the pitching market this offseason.
0: Oh no, absolutely! And that Von Grisham trade, you know, for Chris Sale, is uh, I, I think that has a little ramifications for our boy uh, Jared Kelnick, who just got traded from the Mariners to the Braves um you know when when snicker Brian Snicker the manager of the Braves had his first um press conference after the the Kelnick trade um he, he was asked about it and he said yes I've talked to Kelnick um you know he's he's gonna have a chance to play some left field but um he very much made it sound like von Grissom was going to get some you know a majority of the starts in left field or at least have first crack at it being, you know, he's, he's been in the system and all, whatnot. But with him getting traded, you know, do you think that opens up Kelnick to take the full-time job there? Or do you think he still does a little bit of platooning? What do, what do you think is going to happen there?
1: Uh, um, I kind of expect them to platoon Jared, at least to start with. Um, that's kind of what the Mariners did at the start of last year until Jared got really hot, and then they kind of started putting him against left-handers. So... I anticipate they'll make us some other extra, you know, a secondary move to kind of get some that's going to bat, um, against lefties until Jared maybe can prove that he can do that more consistently if he can. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, just the price of doing business for, for, for Grissom there. But I think, I do think Kelnick will, I think he's going to be platooned. I just think he is. I just think it's going to be a hard platoon. And then maybe he's figured something out that we, you know, saw last year, but, um, yeah, I think it's still going to be a platoon. I think they're going to get some other extra bats bad against lefties. Just my just my personal thought there.
0: The way the Braves are wheeling and dealing right now, I I don't think they're done by a long shot. Like, <laughs> I think they've probably got fifteen more moves up their sleeve. You know, so yeah, right it'll it. be interesting to watch. Um, you know, I I know a few. Uh, I'm not going to say former Mariners fans, but I know a for a few Mariners fans that are. Uh, also, Braves fans, especially uh, this year, just because Kelnick getting traded and uh, uh, you know them just needing an NL team. Most most people need an NL team to root for. You know, I'd like to say mine's the Marlins, but that's only when they're good. So, um, our, Bo, I mean, let's uh, let's move into uh, the meat and potatoes today. Um, do you want to explain to the audience what you, what you did here? You know, this is kind of your, I wouldn't say brainchild, but, uh, you know, you definitely set up this episode today. So why don't you, uh, go ahead and and detail what you're going to do here?
1: Uh, sure. So, um, ultimately I think it's, I think it's, I want to say inevitable that a trade is going to happen now, but it very much seems like a trade is going to happen. And I think we just kind of wanted to prompt a conversation, you know, between ourselves discussion about what's out there, what the prices are and, you know, maybe what, a, but maybe a, what a couple other crowdsource people think. Right. But, um, anyways, I've compiled a couple, a list of trades here. Um, this is taken either from, you know, our own work, trying to chat and book with Fort with friends and a particular white Sox trade that we'll talk about, um, coupled with some things that we might see on like, uh, Reddit and a couple of our kind of own editions there. Um, so like these, uh, these trades are just kind of come from a variety of places. So, Um, yeah, my ask of you is, uh, we're just going to grade the trade on an ABCD, you know, F scale here. And then you give me a a one through five of it. One is no chance it happening whatsoever. And a five that it definitely could happen. Right. So let's, let's kick this off. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll just kick this off and we'll, you know, the, the thought is we'll talk about kind of all the, the. The ancillary and the other things that go with it, kind of after the fact. So let's start with this. We'll start with the Rays receive Bryce Miller okay. and Harry Ford. The mm-hmm. Seattle Mariners receive Randy Rosarina and relief pitcher Charm Sean Armstrong from the Rays. Um, once you start, mm-hmm. once you start there,
0: that's an interesting trade, Bo, because I do think Bryce Miller is going to be have to be one of the pieces to get Randy. Um, but I feel like Harry Ford, I I don't want to say Harry Ford's untouchable. You know, I've had this discussion with you a few times, but I, I think they really need to be shooting for the moon. If they're going to get anything out of Harry Ford. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Randy's not shooting for the moon. Right. Um, I do think he has a little bit more value than a Randy trade. Uh, especially, especially with, you know, I brought it up before Cal being a Scott Boris agent or Scott Boris client, you know, having Scott Boris as his agent. I really feel like Harry Ford's going to, you know, be on the roster sooner rather than later in the next couple of years. You know, they're going to probably bring him up and see what they have with him. And, you know, in hopes that he takes over as catcher one, a for the Mariners. Um, what, what, I guess the question I have for you before I, I grade this trade, uh, why Sean Armstrong? Why why include, do we need, do you feel like there is a need for more relievers on this team or, or to go out of the norm from the Jerry DePoto, grab any random reliever and turn him into a decent reliever?
1: Um, Sean Armstrong's relatively relatively cheaper, I would say, as an arm. And I think it just kind of puts the deal over the top a little bit. Um, and you know, I, maybe it's not by too much, but I kind of feel like Bryce Miller and Harry Ford alone are a lot to ask for three years of Randy or Rose arena and sure Sean Armstrong's not, you know, going to push it over the, like, it's not, you know, fully whatever. Like if it, if it, if Sean Armstrong isn't included in it, then, um, you know, it's certainly not like a, um. Close the, dook, close, the, close the door, start over again. I just think, like, if you're trying to even out this deal a little bit, I feel like the Rays still need to give up a little bit more. And I think that that's kind of what I was going for there um, with this. And I was just kind of perusing what makes sense, I think, for the most part. And I think that still another bullpen arm, you know, at some point it probably makes sense or it gives you the opportunity to maybe go move another bullpen arm. So um, that was the thought there. And it's a little difficult to kind of find another kind of scale balancing there with the rays outside of outside of Randy Rose arena. There's other parts that are probably there. Like maybe we'll, maybe somebody we'll talk about in our next trade, but um, yeah, that was the thought process there just to make it a little bit more balanced. Did you
0: use anything like uh, the trade values website when working these up?
1: Um, so uh, for the, for one of the ones on here, I certainly did for a couple of these um. For for the for the fifth trade, we'll talk about. Yes, I, I used it for that. I didn't use it for this one. I was just kind of looking at the dollars and cents included, and you know what I think a lot of people have been chatting about in this off season and certain online spaces. And then the the last
0: question I have here. Right? Sorry, I have a lot of questions here, Bo. Yeah, you're um, good. Did, I don't think I think unless you noted it, it wouldn't happen because I see it further down the list here, but. Uh, this isn't assuming that the Rays eat, eat any of a Rosarina's contract or anything, right?
1: Correct. Uh, no sides. Correct. Correct. So this no. is, uh, okay. yeah, I, I, yeah, unless I, I would call that out. If there was money included in it, I would try to call that out somewhere in the deal here. Okay. So,
0: yep. Okay, cool. Cool. Just getting the, getting the specifics down here. So, um, I would grade this trade. You know, I would grade this trade for trade for the Rays, probably a B if they were able to pull it off and get someone like Harry Ford, Uh. because I I certainly think Harry Ford's got, you know, again, hasn't played any time in the major leagues. Um, But he certainly has all the pedigree to be a a starting catcher and potentially an all-star catcher um, at this level. Um, and, And Bryce Miller would be a pretty good get for them to be a, I think at this point, probably a three for them, maybe a two behind Shane McClanahan. Um, but I would, I would see this as like a C for the Mariners just because you're getting rid of your, you know, arguably your one of your top two prospects. Um, Randy Rosarena is going to be a, uh, a, a contract issue going forward, not a contract issue, but he's going to need to be an extension candidate. If it comes to that, if the Mariners decide to keep him, and if they don't, then you just lost the top prospect and Bryce Miller for, you know, what'd you say? Three years of a Rosarena. uh three three
1: years of randy yep
0: yep yep um and then the sean sean armstrong feels like just kind of a throw in there so i place it a c on the mariners b on the rays i put it at i put it at two like a like a middle of the road leaning towards not happening just because i think the mariners wouldn't give up harry ford
1: Yep. No, I, uh, I think you are, I think you're spot on there. And I think that this kind of exercise I think shows, um, just how difficult it is to probably even get to some sort of Randy trade. And I think to your point, what you're talking about is that Randy is his projected arbitration right now is right around $9 million. Um, so the, the reality of any Mariners trade now, I mean, it was always a reality, but like, especially with the Mariners world that they're in now, it's like, whoever whatever money somebody's making in arbitration is a is a core factor right of if we Mm -hmm. try to acquire somebody and the fact that randy's due that much and he's probably gonna ask for more in arbitration i think um you know makes it more unlikely that we're gonna you know acquire him so um i think you're i think you're spot on there with your ratings yep what uh
0: what is he projected to get in arbitration? I can't remember. Was it 8 million?
1: It's 9 million. Yeah.
0: 9 million. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's a big number for a team that's supposedly on a budget here. So.
1: Correct. And he's only, gonna right. more, he's only going to get more expensive. Right. So like, this is his first year mm-hmm. arbitration. He'll go to the next arb two and arb three. So, um, makes it difficult, but also understands why the Rays are trying to eventually move him to. So, yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's move to number two.
1: All right, this is the snoozer of the group here. Um, the Rays receive Taylor Dollard, and the Mariners receive Harold Ramirez. You called this the
0: snoozer of all the trades you made.
1: This is yeah. This one's the this one's the least exciting, I would say. Yes,
0: this is the least exciting. But like how I look at this one, this is the most on brand Jerry trade I think of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like this one um, could potentially happen. The Kraken just scored again, by the way. <laughs> if you see me darting my eyes off, uh, <laughs> it looks like it was maybe Ellie in again? No, Will Borgen. Will Borgen. Anyways, back to Mariners baseball. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this just seems very on brand for Jerry. Um, where's Taylor Dollard at, you know, as we venture forth? You know, if if we don't end up trading Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, is there a spot on this roster for him? I don't think so. I don't think they go the Matt Brasher out and put him in the bullpen. Um, you know, and and I I do feel like he's probably semi-close to being ready. Um he has been dealing with some injuries, but uh it, it he certainly seems like a player that the Rays would take a chance on. Be like, oh, there's something there. And then the Rays make this trade where Harold Ramirez bats one ninety for the Mariners, but Taylor dollar becomes a key piece of a nether playoff team for them. Um, right. Uh, I, I very, very much would probably like to get someone else besides Harold Ramirez. I don't know if, uh, what's his names on the table. I'm drawing a blank right now. Third baseman, Isaac Paredes,
1: Isaac Paredes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe an Isaac Paredes. I don't think they'd probably offer him, but um, Harris Ramirez definitely seems like someone that would come to the Mariners and bat 190. Um, yeah. So for the Mariners, I'm, I'm going to call this a D. <laughs> Venturing on C territory. I would say it's a, at least a B for the Rays because I feel like they would turn Taylor Dollard into something that probably the Mariners couldn't. But the likeliness of this happening. Is like a four bordering on a five. Like, of all this, trades I'd almost feel like this is the most to happen. It's very on brand,
1: yeah. I think in looking at trades with the Rays, and um, you know, the Mariners are looking for some sort of platoon partner, right? Um, for Dominic Canzone. Um, this, this feels very much like uh, yeah, that guy we can see that coming through trade rumors like any second right now right like that seems very seems very apt for i think Jerry and uh, i think the Taylor Dollard stuff like uh you know he's had labrum surgery so it's really not like a um you know it's not really like a good get super good get for the rays but maybe they can turn him into something and if worse comes to worse he can become a good you know reliever for them like it, they usually end up turning out to so like there is that, and you get, you know, this year and next year of um, Harold Ramirez at, you know, his projected arbitration salaries at like four and a half million, something like that. So you're still saving a little bit of money, and then maybe you can non tender him if things go south um, this season. So, um, yeah, it's maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's too much to pay for like a, a platoon bat, but. Um, yeah, I think it's still. It's. I think it's. It's not. It's not that. I guess I don't feel like we're missing a lot with Taylor Dollard, unfortunately. Right, labrum surgery. Don't know yeah. where he really fits. So, I think it could make yeah. sense for him to give a shot with to give him a shot with somebody else. And you know, the Mariners certainly need a pl- another platoon bat, that kind of half bat that Jerry is talking about when it comes to you know an outfielder and a half. So, um, very much good work. Yep. Do
0: do you, do you feel like we could get like an Isaac Prades out of? um, out of the race for a Taylor dollar, or do you think we'd have to pay more for it?
1: Oh, Isaac Paredes yeah. is going to, Isaac Paredes is going to cost a lot. I think Isaac Paredes is going to cost more than, uh, yeah, I would say I would, I would put Isaac Paredes has a higher, it, you would have to, everything that we mentioned for Randy Rosarena, right? You would need, you would need more for Isaac Paredes. It's just that he, you have him for four years. He's cheap this year. So like, I just think that Paredes is going to cost a lot more. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Number three.
0: I, I'm liking this, this assignment, Bill, this exercise.
1: Okay. Well, this one, we, this one, we went, this one, we went a little bit outside out of the box for, right? So, okay. Um, I, uh, I felt like it was something I well obviously one person included in here, I think was, you know, somebody that we've heard about. as was like, Oh, it'd be fun to get him. But um, we went hard out of the box here. So bear with me. So the Mets receive uh, Logan Gilbert and Ty France. Uh, the Mariners receive uh Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo, and the Mets pay seven and a half million for the next seven years of Nimo's salary. Um He's making what a year? Nimmo's He's making, making a ne- uh, Nimmo's making twenty and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the Mariners would mariners stripes. yeah, that's uh the mariners would be on the hook for twelve and a half million for the next um uh, I think it's seven years for Brandon Nimmo's uh, contract there. So, all right, wow. here you oh, go,
0: man. This is, this one is uh, difficult. How I look at it, if we're taking on that much Brandon Brandon Nimmo salary and we're still under a, uh, you know, budget constraints, then we basically got one year of Pete. Uh,
1: definitely. Definitely. Logan, yeah.
0: Logan Gilbert's a very, very, Big ask and Ty France I feel like almost is just the throw in. Um almost, depending on how uh um, you know, drive line goes for him. Um yeah, so with what the Mets would pay in your theoretical trade, we'd be on the hook for twelve and a half no, thirteen, you said. Uh,
1: twelve and a half million dollars for the next yep uh seven years yep for the next seven years of uh which ends up coming to right around um my math is good right around eight hundred eighty seven million dollars eight seven uh, somewhere in there it's 87 million dollars somewhere in there yep uh,
0: i feel like this would be good for the mariners fans morale until next season when we lose pete alonzo Be like, oh, that trade was a bust, you know. And then Nimmo would probably go off and hit 220 because I like to be a cynical Mariners fan. Um, this one's probably looking at the rest of what we have, like looking at it before we shot the podcast. This one was probably going to be the most difficult for me, um, just because the value, like you said earlier, the value for pitching has been very high so is it is logan gilbert and what he's worth and how many years he's got left is that worth one year of pete alonzo and hopefully at least four or five good years of Nimo? like right i i don't know that that's so tough to call um i do think You are right adding in someone like Ty France with this because I don't think Logan would probably... I think the Mets wouldn't do it if Logan... It was a two-for-one deal. Um, And I honestly think there would be probably a couple more pieces on each side. Probably just some minor league pieces that would be thrown in. I don't know. Uh, I I will give this trade a... a, You know, I'll give this trade a B. I'm not going to rate which team got the better <laughs> deal because I mean if Pete came in, swatted forty home runs and took the Mariners to the playoffs, it'd be a success for at least this year. Uh, so you <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, B I say likeliness, I'll put it in the middle. I'll put it a three.
1: Oh, I was going to, I was going to say the likeliness of this trade is, is, is close to zero. Like if, if zero was an option, I would probably pick it. I, I, I think that this trade, like, uh, I think this trade is, I think this trade, like, I guess I should say, like, if this was trade was only the 2024 Mariners, I think that grade probably goes up a little bit, right? Like I would probably give it a B, but the fact that this would have big implications down the road especially after pete lee if yeah, you know, pete's oh, would be fully expected to leave brandon nemo's getting older this doesn't make the 2025 through the 20 whatever you want to call it 2020 30 2030 mariners not very good right um it's so like i think that it's probably a b this year because like our lineup would look very stellar with those two guys there right um mm-hmm. but it would make the 2025 mariners and every mariners after those much rougher i think without yep. logan gilbert there yeah
0: yeah, it, it'd probably be a B, you're right. It'd probably be a D or an F for the future. Right. You know, um, having only one season of Pete would very much hurt, um, you know, with Logan having four years of contract remaining. So yep. I still put it in a three. I, I don't know why. <laughs> Like, well, I was going to say, if I, there's
1: somebody that's, if there's somebody I think I can get a creative deal done, it's probably Jerry, right? And he's done this with the Mets before. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. All right. Um, all right. Let's move on to number four here. The Guardians receive Emerson Hancock, Ty France, and a player to be named later or cash. And the Mariners receive Josh Naylor. Go ahead and uh, give us a grade there. Mmm. Uh,
0: do you think they lean more likely on the player to be named later, uh, or cash?
1: They probably lean a bit, a little bit more on the player to be named later. I would think.
0: And what are the chances of being a top fifteen prospect?
1: Uh, not a top fifteen. No, it'd be like maybe twenty through thirty, something like there. Yeah.
0: Twenty through thirty. Oh. Um, <sighs> I think this one. I think the Guardians would have to add one more piece. I really do. I think that's a pretty big ask. Mm-hmm. Emerson Hancock and Ty France and a player to be named later for Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor has been doing pretty well, has had a pretty solid average, and, you know, has always increased his home run totals with the Guardians, you know, in the last couple seasons. But, uh,. I don't know if he's quite worth Hancock, France, and a player to be named later. Uh, I'd give this one a D, to be honest with you. I, I've, they'd have to add like at least another ten through fifteen prospect on their side.
1: Wow. Okay. 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 I. I guess I, what I'll say is like I don't know. I think Emerson Hancock's value is severely deteriorated over the last year or so, like he's still, you know, I think still a good option if, um, you know, we have an injury or if someone gets, um, you know, traded for whatever reason, like he's still a good option as maybe like a fifth or sixth starter somewhere in there. But I, I, I really struggle with Emerson Hancock cause he was a top, top prospect, but I just, I just don't know if I've seen it quite yet from him. So I think that that's probably, I think that that's why I feel like this is fairly balanced for the most part because Uh, yeah, the guardians, they probably need pitching, but, um, you know, we're also giving them a first baseman and there's still a chance with Emerson Hancock. So I think maybe my value of Emerson Hancock isn't quite to where maybe I think you probably have him at, which is why I kind of think that this, I think this trade probably does work. Um, but there's still, you know, Josh Naylor is still expected to make $7 million in arbitration. You know, that whole, that whole gamut, you will offset some with Ty France moving, but, yeah, i I still think I still think this one is I think this one is of the, of the ones that are likely on here. I feel like this one's close. It's just that I don't know how much I don't know if the Guardians are going to value Emerson Hancock that much. So that's kind of my thought.
0: Yeah. Who Who has more value in your mind, Emerson, Emerson Hancock or Taylor Dollard?
1: Emerson Hancock has more value than Taylor Dollard. I would say certainly. Yeah. See,
0: I would probably be fine with that trade if it was Taylor Dollard instead of Emerson Hancock.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm that's, not saying we need a... to
0: shoot the moon for this. Right, I don't. I don't think we shoot the moon on Emerson Hancock and expect Randy or Rosa Rosarena levels of of return here. But um, right. I do think he still holds a little bit of value, and I I feel like we need to add like one more minor league piece on Guardian side to be achievable.
1: Maybe three. I'll, a... I'll put this
0: trade as a C. I'll bump it up to a C. Okay. Yeah, in 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 hopes that like, you know, there's something else added.
1: gotcha. Yeah, I was going to I think I think a C probably all the way around probably is probably that makes the most sense there and some sort of cash or maybe drop the player to be named later and you just do it that way. But. Yeah, again, it's another one that feels probably this one's does this one does seem probably i probably rate this as like a 3 or maybe pushing a 4 mm-hmm. for most likely to happen, right? How where would yeah. you, where would you put that one at? 3 to
0: 4. You're four. dead set on that one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Josh Naylor is very likely to come to Seattle. You yeah. know, just from all the rumblings, the the MLB trade rumors post and stuff like that, I I do feel like there's a very good chance he comes. So, what are we going to give back to the guardians to get him here?
1: I... Yeah. And I guess I didn't realize this. I was looking at the fan graphs pages here, projection arbitration salaries and Ty France and Josh Naylor have very similar projected arbitration salaries. So you're kind of talking about, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a wash there in terms of the money, right? Like you're going to be spending that money anyway. So maybe it makes sense just to go get Josh Naylor. Cause you feel like it's an upgrade over Ty France. It'd be rough to lose Ty, but, um, yeah, I could see the upgrade there. Um, so anyways, yeah, I like your like the ratings there, but let's go on to let's go on to this fifth one. This fifth one was complicated and I actually bounced around between a couple different subreddits for this one. Like the ones that like the, the Orioles subreddit, like what they were thinking about giving up and then the angels and what they were trying to trade this off season. So this is really complicated. So just bear with me on this one and break mm-hmm. me over the calls if you're able to if you're able to whatever you like on this one. We got the Orioles receive Brian Wu and Justin Topa. Uh the Angels received Jordan Westerberg and Austin Hayes and the Mariners received Taylor Ward and Chance Ch- uh, no, Chase Silseth from the Angels. So three team trade, and I can kind of talk about the logic behind this, but first I'll give you to give you a chance to to digest there. What are your thoughts?
0: My thoughts are it should have been a two-team trade.
1: <sighs> Between I who don't and want who. Taylor
0: Ward. it should have been just Orioles and Mariners. I don't want Taylor Ward or Chase Seth. I don't want the Angels to benefit from us at all, because <laughs> Jordan Westburg and Austin Hayes would be a very decent return for them. I mean, Austin Hayes was an All Star last year,
1: right? And Jordan
0: Westburg was a top ten prospect, almost top five, right, for the Orioles?
1: Yeah, Jordan Westburg's up there. Yep.
0: Yeah, so uh... I don't want the Angels benefiting from this at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I guess I threw in the the thing about this is like the Orioles really need some like other type of pitching I know that they've kind of filled out their staff a little bit like um but like the Orioles need like it's not projected to do very well like of all the playoff teams the Orioles have some of the lowest projected starting pitching so like I just I just feel like the Orioles they need to do something else out there and yeah the Mariners are a good trade partner but um I don't know if you're seeing it but like I just don't see a match with the Orioles. It's difficult for me to see something out there. Like Anthony Santander is a legitimate bat that I think the Mariners could use. Um, but it goes back to our conversation of Anthony Santander is projected to make $12 million in arbitration, right? Like I, did, I think when you re- include that, it just becomes unrealistic. So, um, but would you, would you, well, okay. So you like Austin Hayes, would you like, would you, so if you were to make this a two team deal, how would you finagle it? Or what would you be interested in? Let's look that. You don't have to come up with a deal. You don't have to come up with a deal. Just like what would you be interested in from the Orioles?
0: I would I would legitimately just take the Angels out of there. I would be happy with Jordan Westberg and Oscar Hayes.
1: For Brian Wu? Westberg, for Brian Wu and Justin Topa?
0: Yeah, because Jordan Westberg, Berg, top prospect in the Orioles system. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, he's a third baseman. You know, we, we do need some help at third base. And then Austin Hayes is a corner outfielder. Exactly what the Mariners need. So why not – why why cut out the Angels and not benefit them? Because what's Taylor Ward going to do? Regress in a Mariners uniform? And we – you don't need Chase Selseth. And if Brian Wu gets traded, then we've got Bryce Miller, you know, probably not being traded. So.
1: Yeah. I uh, I think I – struck. I guess we'll, we'll prompt this conversation, like, let's just dive into it. Like, I think my worry with trading Brian Wu without having a fifth starter is like, we do have to rely more on Emerson Hancock. So I think that's kind of where I'm, it's, it's tough for me, I guess. Cause we don't really have a whole lot after Emerson Hancock. I guess that's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm going with. So that's where Until I was like,
0: Mariners until the Mariners sign Blake, uh Blake Snell.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So like, <laughs> I guess, I just, I just think that if you're going to fill, if you're going to lose a hole, I would really like you to, to try to fill it, fill it again. So maybe there's some sort of deal where the Mariners get like Tyler Wells. In addition to this, that maybe this adds up different if you're cutting this out to be a two team trade and he can kind of act as a fifth starter. So maybe there's some other finagling that can go there, but um yeah, I don't know. Jordan Westerberger is still, uh, still, I would say somewhat unproven, right? Like, so there's still that element of it, right? You're taking a chance on a guy that, um, is young. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I think that this one, I still, I, you know, I think this one is probably, I, I think Taylor Ward has to be on the table as much as we don't like the angels. Right. I think that he's got to be out there just in terms of, I think I think he play. I mean, he plays in the A.O. He, you know, the Angels are going to be looking to move. I think guys like Taylor Ward's in his thirties. Yes, there's that, but like, I think that the Angels are going to be trying to move him, and I think that there's a chance that the Mariners should be open to that. That's all I'm trying to say. Unless you can convince me otherwise,
0: I I don't know what I'm going to do to convince you otherwise. I'm just not sold on him. I I haven't been. He had basically i'm pretty sure two good months for the angels in the last two seasons you know he he played it at a al player of the month pace i think it was the last may or two May's ago i can't remember and then he was hyped up and you know was getting a bunch of mariners or not mariners uh, uh a bunch of praise and then he kind of regressed um i don't i don't i don't like taylor ward i don't know why <laughs> don't know why okay. And chase silseth is you know one of the better angels prospect pitchers but uh the angels also have a very terrible um you know farm team so like why do we want to trade with someone at the bottom of the farm team you know rankings every year consistently (laughs)
1: Well, my, my argument would be that the Mariners make pitchers better, right? Like they seem to have, they seem to do let guys be guys. And there's guys that, you know, break out when they get to a Mariner uniform. So that would be my argument there. But yeah, you know what? I'm not going to, not going to beat a dead horse here. So
0: Pete, there you go. Pete, Pete Woodworth is, I think slowly becoming one of the best pitching coaches in the league. So you might you might be on to something there.
1: What I'll say is this is like I don't think a deal with the Orioles probably happens unless there is a third team involved. Like I just don't I don't really see Jared Jerry and Justin going for like a Jordan Westerberg or you know, if you want to call out any other prospect the, the the litany of prospects that the Orioles have, um, Jackson holiday. Yeah. I don't think that's, <laughs> uh, cause like, I just don't think there's not yeah, Austin Hayes is a name. I'm not a big fan of Austin Hayes like batted brawl profile. I just don't think he's going to play well in T-Mobile, but, um, you know, there's yeah. I mean, there's so like, that's so like Austin Hayes is a name. I wouldn't, you know, it's, certainly out there but I just there's not a good fit for the Mariners again Anthony Santander I think is a good fit but he's gonna cost too much yeah how,
0: how, how about this one though you take the angels out of there um you know I don't like Taylor Ward she still Seth put the twins in there a Max Kepler
1: you very well could put the twins in there um uh I think Kepler, I think you've got to change. You probably got to rework the deal to be Emerson Hancock though. Cause Kepler's only got, I think you think Kepler is a free agent after this year. Right. So like Kepler's value is Kepler's value is much lower than what you're going to get from Taylor Ward and, and Chase Silsa. So I, again, I think there, I think there are actually a lot of routes. If you end up going the three team trade, like the, some of the teams we already talked about, right? Like the rays could very much be in this and you could probably still work something similar to it. The guardians could very much be in that. And then that ends up making that Josh, Naylor trade work. So I feel like there is oh, yeah. a there. I feel like there is a match there, just in some capacity, um, to you know the teams we talked about, the Twins, like you mentioned with Kepler. Um, so I think there is a path forward. I think that, I I would say that like the the likelihood of this trade happening is incredibly low, right? I don't think this trade exactly would happen, but I think that the format yeah. of this trade, like in some capacity, like working with the Orioles, adding in a third team, I think that there is a chance that that could happen, right? So like I would probably put like the structure of the trade in some way, shape or form, like a three team deal is more of like a likely three or so, but like the players involved probably like, you know, a two or a one, but um, I think yeah. that's might how that's, uh, that might be how something gets done this off season. Yeah.
0: I, I'm going to say a one, maybe a two, if you take the angels out. And then uh, I I do like the trade if the angels aren't there. So uh, a B without the angels and a C with the angels in there.
1: All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. I um,
0: cannot a D a D with the angels in there. I you don't understand my hatred of the angels. <laughs> Shout out to childhood friend and still friend now, Zach Pickering, who is a Angels fan. Terrible, terrible fandom. That's all it is. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's get on to this last fun one here. This one we kind of worked with our friend. So um Cody's who had been on the podcast before. But we uh we have the White Sox receive Logan Gilbert, Emerson Hancock, and Jonathan Classe, and an additional one million dollars. And the Mariners receive Luis Luis Robert Jr. Let it rip, Lou Rick. Bob. What are you Lubob, what are your what are your thoughts here? A B C D E F not E. That's not a grade. I, yeah, one through five.
0: I think I think this is the best trade you have on the sheet. I think the value matches up very well. Um, in my mind, I wonder where the White Sox would put it. You know, like Lou Bob is supposed to be the face of their franchise right. and they're receiving Logan Gilbert, who obviously we've talked about ad na- ad nauseum. They need pitching. So Logan Gilbert would have to be in there. Um, would they ask for someone outside of Emerson Hancock, like, would they want to do a Brian Wu? And then that throws it back on the Mariners. Is that too much value? And then Klasse, um, obviously, um, you know, a top 10 prospect for the Mariners, was, uh, you know, at the Futures um, game in Seattle during the All-Star break. I mean, has a, pr- a pretty bright future, you know, in the league, you know, most likely with with his skill set being a, a speed, you know, speedy guy. So, and then the cash, obviously, just to to sweeten the deal. I like the trade a lot. I don't know if this is something the marriage can pull off, though. I think Lou Bob... I think the White Sox would be smart to ask for the king's ransom, for Lou Bob. and. There are probably teams that could offer a little bit better. Although, you know, looking at it too, I feel like the Juan Soto deal with the Yankees, like, I know they had some pretty pretty good prospects in there, but no one really stuck out besides, uh, um, help me out here, not Spencer Jones. Drew Thorpe. Uh, Drew Thorpe. Yeah, I feel like, uh the Yankees got the better of that deal, even though it's probably for one year, Juan Soto. I feel like it would almost be pretty similar to what the White Sox should probably ask. Maybe a little modicum lower, because Lou Bob's not quite Juan Soto levels yet. But, you know, future of the franchise. That's a, that's a franchise-altering cha- trade for the White Sox, I feel.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think you're... Yeah, and I, what I would say is that... um Lubob has a really nice deal, right? Luke Lubob, like team friendly, like Lubob signed mm-hmm. through 2027. The last two are club options for $20 million. Like he's only going to make 12 and a half million dollars in 2024, $15 million, in 2025, which mm-hmm. that money alone very well might put the Mariners out. But, um, like the, I think the fact that like his guy, he's got such a team friendly deal, um, probably is the reason why you're definitely including Gilbert and giving away another you know, pitcher in Hancock in this, um, in addition to mm-hmm. some money. Um, But like I'm, I was trying to think of this from the White Sox perspective, right? Like, um, you know, you Logan Gilbert is going to be a free agent in 2027. Help me out here. Let's look, let's look it up real quick. Logan Gilbert's going to free be a free agent in 2028, right? So you've got. You've got him for four years. I think you've already said that you've got you've got him for four years. Right. So like, are are you going to are you going to turn the team over and try to contend within four years if you're the you know, if you're the um, if you're the White Sox, you very well could. Right. Like I'm just trying to think Mm -hmm. of the surplus of you're getting from Gilbert, like if that's enough to, you know, equal losing Lou Bob and then trying to replace him, you know, um, over the next four years. but uh, yeah, this is a complicated one because Lubav also has an entry history too, right? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think it... I, 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 go ahead.
0: I guess the other question I have... I, sorry for cutting you off here. The other question I have is what do we do if we do get Lubob? Where does he play? Do we move Julio back to right? Julio's, you know, gold glove caliber center fielder. You know, I, I don't suppose either of them would be in left. Like, like they one of them's playing right, one of them's playing center. So where would you go with
1: that? Yeah, um, you know, I, I haven't really thought that far ahead with a lot of it, right? Like I, I feel like they can figure it out between the two of them, right? I don't like to put it that way, but like I care much more about I care much more about the the bat than I do where they end up playing in the field, right? Because they'll both be solid, you know, in whatever position they end up playing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think I will say that, like, I think eventually Julio was probably going to move to right, but Julio's also got a number of years left on those legs still. So, like, I think it's perfectly fine to try to move Lou Bob over to right, maybe try not to work him as much there, try to keep him a little healthier. So that's probably what I would end up doing. But, yeah, that's just it's uh, just my perspective there. But um, I think I would the, the one challenge I probably would have to this trade as a Mariner fan is like if you lose Logan Gilbert and Harrison Hancock. Um, you're pitching, and then let's just say Brian Wu goes down for a couple, like on the IL stint for a little bit, right? You're pitching starting to get real thin real fast, right? So, like, that's the only that's the only that's the big hang up that I would have maybe have as a Mariner fan on this is like, um, our pitching is good, but it's not super deep, right? Like, it's not we like our pitching is I, it's super deep on the like our one through five, but like outside of that it's pretty thin. So I think that's probably the hangup that I definitely have from a earners fan perspective is like Emerson Hancock is our, you know, six, seven swing man right now. Logan Gilbert's obviously one of our best three pitchers. Um, so it's a real challenge. I would think if we were going to lose kind of those top two guys, is that, is that value going to be more than us getting Lou Bob who's, you know, projected to have a really good season uh, maybe, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pull the trigger on this one. I think from either perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would rate that, Just in my mind, probably close to an A, B plus, trade wise, likeliness of it happening, probably a one, (laughs) maybe border on a two, but most likely a one, with it not happening. I love the I I, I love playing this game. You know, I love doing go like seeing this and then going, okay, I'm going to go to MLB the show and make this trade, (laughs) just because I want to play for with him now. You know, like there you go, like. Maybe, maybe it's more, uh, it the show trade than anything, but, uh, yeah, I like it. I don't know how much the White Sox would like it. I don't know how much the White Sox fans would like it. I think Cody would not let us live it down.
1: Yeah. I, I think if you end up, but if you end up resigning Logan Gilbert, right. Um, maybe he has more of a willingness to resign with the White Sox than he does the, the Mariners. I think that there's a huge boon there. Right. So, um, yeah. That's a tough one. It's a tough one all the way around. So, um, but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up all the like known trains that I have. I think, you know, the one I tried to tie, I tried to include like a pitcher or some sort of a version of pitcher in every single one. Cause I think that's obviously our surplus there. But, um, the one I, uh, the one ob- obvious omission of this is like, uh, Luis Castillo and a Luis Castillo deal. Like if we were to talk about it or we think about it as pretty complicated because of the money involved, but, I would throw out that there is some, mm-hmm. maybe some semi likelihood of uh, Luis Castillo moving, just given the amount of money that he is owed um, and the Mariners' surplus right now. So, yeah, no, I think it's very likely that uh, Luis Castillo
0: um, could could potentially get traded. I'm seeing more rumblings about it, like you know, as the offseason progresses. It's really weird. Like we went from like no talks with him being on the table table to people like, Oh, you know, he could be traded. Um, like you said, obviously the hard part is, you know, the money involved, what, what happens, what, what's, what, what kind of value can we get? Because we're probably gonna have to eat some of his salary, you know?
1: Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, I think the guy would be super complicated, right? He has about, uh, I think it's about the same. I think he's, I think Luis makes about the same amount of money that Robinson Cano made a season in one season. Right. So um, yeah, it would just be very complicated. Um, however, I feel like, you know, Jerry's the guy that likes to pull off those complicated deals. So um, I think anything's on the table. I think, especially if it makes the offense better, it can kind of help us, you know, many years down the road, less than more than, you know, not just 2024. So yeah. Complicated to come up with a deal for that one though. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all our all our uh, Forks Down fans out there, what do you think of these trades? You know, um, we got some social media platforms. Hit us up. Maybe if you got a a pretty good trade idea, send it over. Maybe we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. Um, You know, our our plan for the next couple weeks of the show is to uh, start going over some rivals that the Mariners could potentially be seeing this season. Kind of like we did last season, where we covered you know, one or two teams a week talking about, you know, how their off season has been so far and how their outlook is on next season. So, um, you know, but certainly if, if you've got a trade idea, send it over, you can send it to send it to us at um, any of our accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or threads. Um, Bo and I look at them, you know, I, I try to look at them every, every couple of days just to see what's going on. So um, send one over and we'll 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 include it in the show. So, oh, well, I think that's it for the show today. Um, you got anything else for the uh, listeners before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I don't. What's the score of the Winter Classic? You got an update for us?
0: I, I do have an update. Um, it's the end of the second period. Kraken are winning two nothing. They just killed a big power play. Big Vegas Golden Knights power play, um, and. uh I'm kind of interested to see who performs between the second and third periods because between the first and second periods, although we're shooting the uh, show, it was hard. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, that's it for you, Bo. That's it for me. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Down Podcast. For Boachism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week brother.